Welcome to Live with Domery Podcast here at Domery Healthy and Fit, where we bring you incredible episodes every single week. Today, I am super honored to say that we have Mike Douglas coming on with us from Open Journal Podcast. He is all the way from Britain, and I am so excited to bring him on to talk about multiple sclerosis and how the struggles are so real for all of us living with this disease. Hear that that insight, um, and obviously, as we mentioned, we're talking podcast to podcast. So um, you do a lot of work about kind of encouraging these conversations as well. So it must be very busy at the moment with everything that's happened in the last year. Um, there has been that added focus on mental health discussions. How has that been for you? Uh, you know, that's been quite difficult to be at, to be honest. Um, it's been a difficult year for the entire world. Um, when you live with an autoimmune disease like multiple sclerosis, you're constantly battling the inner demons that live, I can say, within our bodies, but it's technically within our brain and the synapses not working properly. So what happens with multiple sclerosis is the disease is all about the brain it's my own personal white blood cells that is going into the brain and eating away the myelin sheath so with that being happening not every one of us is the same we are all completely different depending on how far along we are what is happening so in this battle of the fear of COVID-19 and the question of the past year, that has really risen a lot of flare-ups that we call, um, we call them MS flares, that have affected most of us throughout the world, over 3.2 million and counting worldwide with multiple sclerosis patients. So MS has been around since the early 1800s when it was diagnosed and we still have no cure. So to deal with this crazy COVID of what is happening in the world has just been extremely difficult for us to control our fear and not let that fear fuel the disease of the multiple sclerosis to continue to eat out our brains and to continue to leave large holes, which we call craters or scars or snowflakes. And a snowflake can be like any color, right? Anything coming down, every shape. And it depends on the autoimmune that controls if we're having a flare or not having a flare. So when we're in fear, in flight mode, multiple sclerosis kicks in and shuts us down. So it has been a very difficult year for all of us. I truly can say for the entire world, but anybody living with autoimmune, especially multiple sclerosis. Yeah, I think, thank you for sharing that. I think it's really important to to hear those insights. And it's definitely something, I don't know about your discussions on, on the podcast, but for me, I think it's, often something that I'm reminded this is these are conversations we don't always hear it's not um, the, the the most common illness that is that we hear discussed uh, I I still am affected by depression so it's always really good to hear that spoken about but depression and anxiety are so often spoken about they are almost exclusively kind of the the, the, the conversation the environment for those mental health discussions and there's so many other illnesses that are much more complex uh, no less about or harder to research and treat and diagnose um, there's sometimes it feels a little bit misleading I think when we hear some of those discussions around mental health I, I, I feel like we still have that fight to, to get away from mental health isn't just illness it's kind of well-being as a whole but even when you are talking about illness, it does feel like it's still quite exclusively 
depression and anxiety and, and maybe one or two others are starting to get in there but I don't know what kind of what's your insight with some of the discussions and that you've had do you feel like it, it's still like that at the moment um you know to be honest 100% honest I always have fear and illness of depression and anxiety um but I've learned how to try to control it and methods that I use within my daily life of I surround myself with bright colors. Um, I meditate. I listen to music that helps the brain relax. I, you know, try to interact with other people with a positive mindset. And I know this is going to sound quite harsh but in on an honest point of view of dealing with mental illness when you're around other people that can't seem to find the light that will really drag you down if it's constantly a negative response upon everything in life that is what happens when we start to close ourselves back into that dark hole and so you have to find the right insight, the right people around you, what you truly need to find your way out of that anxiety, depression, suicidal thoughts. I know people say, I've never thought of that before, but Mike, come on. I believe everyone in the world has experienced anxiety at least 50% upon their lifetime. I believe, Mike, in, you know, in the world, um, I truly believe within my heart and soul, at least 10% of the world population has thought of suicide at one point or another. It, this is a difficult time. The world in the last year and a half has truly put us all into a major scare of a pandemic of fear and no no promises of a brighter future so this past year um i have focused on moving forward in the positive light instead of living in the fear i have focused on reaching out to everybody in the world of multiple sclerosis and in the world in general on we've got to stay focused on what is right in front of us what we have control of and how to continue to move forward with a positive light even when there's darkness hovering over us like a phantom i think that it's it's really interesting to hear those insights i think uh, for me Particularly, I'm drawn to that kind of that idea of like, kind of, as you said, sort of 10% with kind of a suicidal thought. Um, and I'm really drawn to it because I think, oh, I don't know how much do I believe. I, I, I believe this mostly, that I think everyone will have a moment where they will have a kind of a suicidal thought. But for, for a majority of people, that moment is so quickly gone um, there is no kind of investment in it there is no emotional attachment thoughts plannings um, and it's gone but the reason why I think it's so important to acknowledge that is because I think that starts to open up the conversation it starts to reduce some of the stigma that exists around talking about self-harm and suicidal thinking because if you suddenly say this isn't um, like however many percent if this is everybody I, personally I feel like that makes something instantly more accessible as a conversation because you're talking about variations on an experience rather than something I've experienced but you haven't everyone has an insight um, and I think not everyone would agree with that but I think for me it's really important because it starts to open up that discussion that I feel is really important and another one that is often left until people are kind of in a, a critical or crisis situation rather than say actually I've noticed that maybe I have had a few moments where I've started to have these thoughts 
and it's okay to mention that to a family member or a friend or a colleague and maybe that's as much support as you need or maybe it goes further and you seek some professional support but I think so often and particularly with, with kind of suicide and self-harm we discourage those conversations we discourage people from coming forward um, and then we are suddenly surprised that there are so many people in a critical state because we've not supported or encouraged those conversations early on because um, it's taboo it's taboo and nobody wants to hear about it but it has literally been in the human psyche since man started walking and we need to pay attention to that when someone is crying out and doing things and harming themselves and get to that point of suicidal you really we need a line, a hotline, a, a group you can go to, to talk about it, to be, a, to be taught to open up and write it down. I am feeling suicidal today or to record it, right? And when you hear your own voice and why you're feeling suicidal, you probably can help yourself understand why am I feeling this way? And then if you, it's not getting better and you're getting worse, then the doctors, your psychiatrist or your therapist really need to help you and to really check your serotonin levels. This is one thing that I don't know about you in Britain, um, Mike, that here in the United States, because I live with multiple sclerosis and because I have been suicidal and because I have been depressed and I've had a lot of anxiety throughout my life and I've written about it in both of my books and I was just blunt and honest because I wanted the world to know life is not perfect and we all struggle. Whether you look at me in a photograph and I look amazing or I look sad, Life is not perfect. And the word perfect needs to pretty much go away because that word alone makes people have anxiety. That word makes people feel like I'm not good enough. That word perfect makes people feel I don't measure up. So there's certain words in our vocabulary that the media that the magazines that we portray upon ourselves really affect the human within us. And that's where we get anxiety first, depression, then suicide. And I have faced all of them. I think again thank you for, for sharing that I think language again as you mentioned there is such an important conversation to have and it's 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 picking the right times as well people isn't it? obviously if they're um, in the situation where they're receiving treatment or struggling that's maybe not the best time to well it's definitely not the best time to be having the conversations around language but I think we're talking about raising awareness or rather better educating ourselves about mental health, thinking and considering and discussing the language we use is so important because there's, I think there are, personally, I think there are better ways for us to speak when we are having these discussions, but I'm also very aware that I have personal preferences as to certain words that are used or not used or phrases, um, and they are very much it's a personal preference because of my lived experience. I'm not saying that that is a better way to talk about it. It's just the way that I prefer. And I think equally, you then have to acknowledge someone else might have a completely different preference to me. And that's where I think I really like your idea of kind of perfect is not helpful because I think of it in regards to this as well. When we talk about language, often you get really encouraged because oh, someone else is talking about language too. That's great. But sometimes there'll be this mindset that we need to correct language and it needs to be spoken about in this way. And that I kind of struggle with a little bit because I think 
well, who says it needs to be this way? And if I have lived experience and want to express it in a different way, why or how is that wrong? So I think language is, is, is such an important thing to discuss and not just whether it's right or wrong, but actually how it's used and how we understand it as well. Exactly. Michael, that was a very good point of view from your side of how we truly need to discuss and move forward in the future. And it's not just at our level. It needs to start at the beginning of the level of as soon as the child is born, while the child is in the womb. If the child is in a womb and it is hearing negativity, there is a study that has been done on water. Well, the child is living for nine months in the human water of the mother. When there is negativity and fear within the mother, that child is feeling all of that. So just imagine if you take two children, two mothers, and you keep them in the same environment, but you put one mother in a room that's dark with all kinds of negative thoughts on the wall, right? And you take another human mother and you put her in a beautiful white room with all of the beautiful words that you can possibly imagine. And then you get to the end of the pregnancy. Now they've both been nourished properly. They've both been cared for by the doctors properly. They both have gone through life properly through those nine months of gestational part of the pregnancy. This is where I have so much concern for the future. I believe that the child within the mother's womb, even though the mother was happy, she was surrounded by darkness. Even though the other mother was surrounded by love and positivity, what is the mother's thoughts on the inside of the human brain? And what is she telling herself? Did the mother in the dark room focus on the positive words instead of what she saw because she was a positive person? Or did the mother in the white room was surrounded by beauty and beautiful words, but within herself, she was dealing with her own depression. And in her mindset, she was focused on the negative. What truly happens to the born, the newborn child? What we think and what we feel is what is going to happen to us within our life. It's, I quite like that example, it's, it's a really good, it's not what you can see, it's how that person experiences it and um, also kind of reflecting on, um, I wouldn't have gone that far back because I, I don't have that knowledge or that example, but thinking actually how early in our lives we're affected by the environment that we're in and how that impacts on our mental health, on our ability to create and establish relationships, on our ability to be confident in ourselves, um, to put your hand up and be the first person to step forward, that type of thing, like it all plays into. And I think that for me is where at the moment we're, we're kind of on that gap where I see a lot of work happening around awareness of that work is happening a lot and that's great and personally I feel that needs to continue and to grow but it still feels that education around this is the thing that's kind of lacking and isn't the thing that really feels like it's growing um, also probably I'm someone that has worked in kind of youth support in the past but doesn't anymore so maybe I'm too far away to go actually it has changed more than I'm, I'm aware of um, but I do I do still think there's a, this push for awareness rather than education and I think that's sometimes quite I don't want to say damaging but we're missing having that 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 knowledge it's the missing link of the human psyche 
like we have, you know, we have the beautiful things. And when you hear that someone is expecting a newborn baby, that's when it needs to start right then and there while that baby is in the womb. Now, the world, I believe, should actually really give 100% to a mother that is expecting and to truly worship that mother and that baby to be born into a world of positivity. Because unfortunately, in the world of which we live today, we have poverty, we have homelessness, we have the middle of the road that are just getting by, we have the people that have worked years and years and years that can afford to be able to put a nursery together and make it beautiful. But that does not mean that the family is ready and adjusted to bring that child into the world, into the positive light and prepare them for the negativity of what they're going to see. So it's almost like why we have so many books in the world, correct? A lot. <laughs> A lot. And we have, we have books in the world that tell us how to be brighter, how to learn this, how to do that, and what to expect when we are expecting. We do not have books in the world that focus on how to channel the positivity and balance it with the negativity. And that is where we need to be putting the money and the future of society moving forward. Because when we really focus on how to battle both, like, you know, there's movies that have been made that, you know, good always defeats evil. There will always be evil. There will always be anxiety. There will always be depression. There will always be suicide. There will always be murders. But why? Why? Why do we take those examples in the world and feature them into the grand picture of a movie that people pay millions of dollars for? Why are we not turning the world back into what we truly need is to be able to come together as one and really look at each other and say, I love you. Michael, Douglas, because of you, you were born into this world. And I'm sitting here today talking with you through this magical thing called Skype. And I'm able to see your beautiful face and that smile and your soft voice. And now we're connecting and we're learning from each other. This is what the world needs. We need more connection throughout the world, even though we may not be able to hug each other or get to Britain or you come to California. Our conversation today with other people listening, this is what the world needs. I can't really add anything to that. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah, I, uh, I guess I I kind of feel with that movie example that we often try and make things have a happy ending, mm -hmm. and I think that's sometimes where you create that disillusionment of maybe things are bad right now, but they will get better because they almost always do, forgetting that those are almost always fictional stories, um, and not necessarily seeing the journey that people go through um if you think of we spoke briefly about boxing earlier i always think of whenever you see like a sporting film mm -hmm. all of that hard work all of that gym work that yeah. people have to do to get there that's a 90 second montage we don't actually get to see that usually that's not part of the story that's not that doesn't get focused on 
Um, and I think it's the same thing with with mental health uh, on the very rare occasions when it, it's kind of depicted in uh, in films or in books there is often it's a it's a character or story arc that is being progressed rather than the journey with a particular mental health illness um, and there are certain reasons I guess for safety well, why that's not always done but um, it still feels like sometimes mental health is being you're being told mental health is the focus of this story and it's not it's still a, it's a character story and the character is the focus um, so yeah I think it's it's a real difficult one but I think as you said it's so important so valuable and enjoyable for my part to be able to have conversations like this and to talk to people that have those insights and those passions and also that understanding that we will think differently about certain things and not feeling that pressure to agree because we each understand that we've got different lived it's, experience that has yeah. brought us to today and being compassionate that I really feel this thing um, but you don't agree with it and, and being able to accept that I think that's sometimes so difficult because that might have been a core value that we've held or that we've lived our life by um, so, so being able to have these conversations is not a given and it is something that some people need to work towards and it's definitely something I feel like I've worked towards of being able to go do you know what? I don't have as much knowledge around this and actually it's really interesting just to hear someone else speak on it um, but you do quite a lot of work with, with the podcast or different projects and speaking about well-being and education Mm-hmm. How do or do you feel that that's been a journey for you, or did you feel like you were pretty much there from the beginning? How has how have you <laughs> got to kind of where you are now? You know, Mike, Michael, it has been a lifetime journey for me. Um, you know, I was from the moment I was born, I was sick. I was always thinking I wasn't good enough. I wasn't healthy enough. I wasn't who, what, everybody around me and what I thought I had to be. So I have been dealing with personal inner struggles my entire life. And it wasn't until I finally got diagnosed with multiple sclerosis that kind of validated my life for a 20-year time span from the age of 19 until 40 years old. And then at that point, I realized I wasn't crazy. I was truly experiencing all of these things. The pain that the disease of multiple sclerosis puts upon us, the anxiety, the fear, the suicidal thoughts because I'm in so much pain, I just don't want to live any longer. And the day that I finally got my diagnosis, and in most people, this is the worst day of their life. But that was the best day of my life because I was actually validated for the first time in my life that I knew something was wrong with me, that I was not a problem. I was someone searching for the truth of how to deal with everything I was going through. And that's where I brought, I'm going to bring back up, Michael, the point of the checking your blood work. I'm not quite sure how it is in Britain. Here in America, we do a basic blood panel. When you are diagnosed with multiple sclerosis, they do a blood panel that is so intensive and so to the millimeter of your blood that it even goes in and checks the negativity and the positivity within the serotonin. And most of us are not making serotonin. So we need to go on a drug to trick our brains and our body to stay stable and happy. So I have been on a drug now for the last eight years called Cymbalta. The best thing about this drug is it not only helps me, it can help anyone with depression, anxiety, or suicidal thoughts. 
It can help people with cancer. It can help people with heart disease. It can help anybody in the world because this drug was designed to control the frontal cortex of the front of our brain where we feel the pain in our body. So pain and anxiety and the validation of anxiety, the validation of fear, the validation of actual pain in the body, and the stress and the worry, this particular drug, literally every morning I take it, and it keeps me balanced. And it helps my body deal with everyday life stresses. Now, does it help me 100% all the time? Absolutely not. I do have fear. I still have anxiety moments. I still, you know, I'm like, I get worked up, right? And that is human. That is not a problem. That's called being human. We have feelings. And we need to learn to express them. But that drug really has helped me a lot. Moving forward um, in my life, living with multiple sclerosis, um, the disease progressed. And I got really, really bad. The lesions were getting worse. I was becoming paralyzed. I was losing my eyesight. I couldn't walk. I couldn't speak. And they put me on a new drug that was supposed to be helping me, but I was allergic to it and I had no idea, but it was making me extremely suicidal to the point that I tried to take my life. And I have to honestly tell you, Michael, that I'm not promoting iPhone. I'm not on an iPhone promotion. I have an iPhone. I left a recording on my phone. I packed up my bag and I knew I couldn't put my family through more of what they had already been through. And I didn't want to take my life in my home. And I planned this. So I left and I took every medication I was allergic to. And I went to a hotel room and I wrote down all of my pros and cons. And because I didn't have the insight I have today, Michael, I felt lost and I felt there was no way out and I felt like there's another disease hitting me and I can't get back up. So the world's better without me. I left a goodbye video on this. I had no idea the distance that I was that this video went to my iPad at home in my bedroom. It lit up and my husband jumped up out of bed. He knew I was in a stressful spot. I'm a fight or flight. I've always been fight or flight, child, person, adult, grown up. Um, he immediately tracked my phone, tracked down where I was, went to the desk. They forced the door open and saved my life. I went through therapy. I acknowledged what was going on. And then when I met with my neurologist, she did another blood panel. There were signs that I did not pay attention to. I thought, okay, I'm gaining weight, whatever. Okay, I'm having a tougher time today. Okay, it's a really bad day. Like, all right, it's MS. It wasn't the MS. I was allergic to the new drug and my body was through going through sepsis and it was poisoning me and poisoning my brain and making my own immune system fire up so severely and eating at the myelin sheath of my brain, living with multiple sclerosis. It took me nine months to a year to realize and to get all of that out of my system and to clean my body completely out. Well, while I was doing that, I was going 
and learning meditation and how to focus on the beauty in my life and how to focus on the things around me and how to really look at life differently. And that's where I came to the point of what if we started to go back into the world and we took two mothers? Why can't we take the entire world of mothers and give them the best they can have while they're carrying that child? Why can't we take every little child in the world and teach them to take the negative and turn it to the positive? Why don't we teach this in the classrooms? We teach to be good or bad, right? Like, don't do that. That's not nice. But where's the explanation behind it? It's there's so much, isn't there, to, to keep those conversations going and to have that have that thought process, I think. Um, I think, again, I'm kind of left with the, the thought that you're starting to have those conversations and throughout you're talking about the, the connections with different people and how important they have been and they will continue to be at different stages. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you've made us, I've spoken to people before that have mentioned particular apps that have helped them at key moments as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's not the same for everyone, but I think, it, again, it's, it's that point of going, there are things that can help and um, that's an important conversation as well, particularly if you know you're vulnerable to certain thoughts or feelings or actions or behaviours. Um, having find my device switched on, um, having some of those phone numbers as emergency contacts. I know people that have, um, there are, a couple, we have a couple of uh, like suicide prevention apps mm-hmm. that you can download for your phone, and so some are, they are, uh, in the nicest possible way, extremely basic because they realise the moments that they're going to be used are, are quite critical and minimal options and things are needed. Yes, no. Are you in this situation? Yes, no. Do you need this help? Yes, no. Um, and I think, yeah, technology is a, an important conversation to have around how that helps prevent some of those situations and, and get support to people. Um, but again, yeah, thank you for, for sharing that because I think those those stories are so important to hear, so important for us to share um, and will be received differently by different people, I think. Absolutely. Um, you hear some stories and that I, it prompts different thoughts in my mind of, of when I've had difficult times. And some of those, uh, from my experience, I find some of the things that I was thinking at certain times, I find them humorous now because I think just what was in your mind is a protective factor. The fact that was a protective factor is ridiculous, but it was, and that's great. Um, and yeah, it's it's having those conversations. I think in safe spaces is is so important. Um, but I know you've kind of mentioned like a, so many different things that you, that you've you've done. You've been involved with, and thinking kind of following off from what you've just mentioned, actually if people wanted to kind of find out a bit more about your about your story and your journey and the things that you're doing now, where are kind of good places for them to go to find out about the podcast or different things that you're doing? Yes. Um, well, I started Domery Healthy and Fit, LLC, um, or you can go to domeryhealthyandfit.org, and that is my website. And on that website, it gives you a bit of my journey of where I came from, what happened to me, and it will bring you to everything that I am about. It will bring you to the connections of everything that has helped me get to where I'm at today. It goes to my podcast. It will go bring you to my books that I have written, Living with Phantoms, A Journey to the Truth, Finding the Sun Through the Clouds, published by Fulton Books. And then my latest book is coming out next month, and it's called Love, Marie. 
and it was inspired by my Instagram and it would it's also being published by Fulton Books I am also um, an author and writer for um, other books to come but I am also the executive producer for the movie Bobcat Moretti which will be filmed and featured in the year of 2022 and it is a boxing movie completely about everything we've been talking about life depression anxiety stress and where do you go from there and Tim Roberto is an amazing actor and writer and being a part of this journey is truly important to me because I feel like it's finally my 360 like I have gone from here to here and all the way around that circle and being executive producer in this movie, all about everything we just discussed and it being a boxing movie. And not only that, it deals with obesity, it deals with depression, it deals with abuse, it deals with everything that the world truly needs to see, which is everything we've been talking about. And this is going to be a movie that will literally bring you to tears, to laughter, to, oh my God, I need to really look at my life, to he is a champion and we're going to be saying Bobcat, Bobcat. And that's his nickname. His name is Bobby in the movie. Bobby Moretti is his lead. I am in the movie. We have Vivica Fox. We have Tara Manning. Uh, the list is amazing. So you can find me on IMDB under the movie Bobcat Moretti. And when you read the synopsis and you watch the movie trailer that we have on there, it is exactly what we have discussed the entire podcast today. And... I know you will be super excited because it's a boxing movie and it's a movie that is about real life and it is going to heal thousands of people in the world at so many different levels and then you can follow me on my Instagram and it's at Marie Healthy and Fit so my website is domriehealthyandfit.org my instagram is domriehealthyandfit um and then my podcast is live with domarie on apple and spotify so mike i would really love for you to tell me where everyone of our listeners can find you uh, so yeah, I, I, I have to say, I, I'm always envious when someone gives kind of their web address and their handles and things and they all match up. I thought mine are close, but they're not quite as good as yours. Um, so yeah, you can find information about the podcast, which obviously we're recording now. Um, I've also got a blog and a few other projects that are linked up um, at different times as well. So the website is openjournalbc.com. Um, so the BC being for broadcast, trying to merge those together, it didn't really catch on, but I've, I've kept it in the web address. Um, and then for, for social media, it's Mike underscore Douglas underscore. Um, I, I still keep checking to see if there's people without the underscores and I can get those accounts, but they're, they're holding on to those inactive accounts at the moment. So, <laughs> so, so yes, I think... Um, for me, it's just really nice to have those opportunities to obviously have conversations like this, but also to collaborate with people that are sharing their own stories. I know um, people have different types of conversations, structure them in different ways. Um, we've sat down for, for almost an hour and had a, a, an awesome conversation. Um, but I've also heard ones that are five and ten minute podcasts in the past. Um, so have a look around and find find what works for you. I definitely encourage people to to listen into our discussions. But yeah, find find what works for you and listen to the people that um, I would say have elements of things that kind of challenge what you think that increase your your thought process around stuff. It's lovely to be around people that agree with you. That's great. But I think it's nice to sometimes have those those moments where you go, oh, I wouldn't, would I, I wouldn't kind of word it like that. It prompts those thoughts in there. So yeah, hopefully people have enjoyed this episode and can uh, have a look at some of the other stuff that, that that's going on at the moment. Well, you know, Michael um, at Open Journal, 
You have been an amazing guest today. You have brought up so many incredible subjects to talk about, about the human that we are, about the anxiety, depression, everything moving forward in life, dealing with COVID and coming out of such a difficult almost two years now and moving forward. But we don't have to live in the darkness, right? But there will always be darkness. So we have to understand how each of us deal with the light and the darkness of our own reality. I think so. I think that's a big thing. I think for to go and check out other stories. Yes. Um, I think for me, for me, a big thing is is having that acknowledgement that we've spoken to today about difficult thoughts and behaviours that we've had in the past. And I think it's really important to acknowledge them and not kind of ignore or push them to the side. Mm-hmm. Um, it's honestly important to talk about the successes that we've had and some of the positive things. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's, it's viewing a person as kind of a whole person, as you said um, very eloquently, about different situations that people can be in. We can be very misled by thinking someone is happy or good or, or, or okay in that moment. And that's why it's important to to check in and to have conversations like this. I always feel like I'm talking so much about conversations, it does feel like a tag. Um, but yeah, I think they are so important and, and some are really important in ways we will never know. Um, we'll get some information about kind of the, the, the number of people that have listened to this, but we won't know the impact that it's had. Some people will listen and think, oh, that's, that's nice, I hadn't thought about that. Some people feel reassurance or maybe their thoughts will be challenged by some of the stuff we've mentioned. Um, and I think that that's important in this space. Absolutely. And, you know, Open Journal, you asking me to be on your podcast and we're doing a dual podcast today with Open Journal, um, Michael Douglas and myself, Marie Deshaies with Live with Marie. I believe that both of our conversations together have combined a wellness of intriguement to move forward because everyone can hear your side my side and then they need to decide what they can pull from this amazing podcast I think so. Yeah, I mean, we've sat down and we've, we've both got different lived experiences. We live in different countries. We will have had different health systems that we've interacted with. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're able to sit and have this conversation. So I think hopefully it encourages people to realise they can sit and have a conversation with someone else. You don't have to have that same experience. You don't have to be affected by the same illness. You don't have to be affected by the same background or culture. It's, it's finding the right people that you feel comfortable talking to. Um, and for some people, I think often it feels like you need to find someone that's similar at first to feel that reassurance, that protection, um, and that permission almost to, to speak about some of these things. Um, but yeah, hopefully getting to that stage where they feel like they can have that open discussion is so important. Absolutely. And you know what you're doing for the world Michael at Open Journal is truly a valuable gift that anybody can tune into and to listen. And I'm honored that you had me on as your guest today. Thank you so very much. Um, And I'm honored that I was able to share my story with you across in Britain and that I hope your listeners really find something from my story and find more from your story of how two people who have never met met today and we now have a connection and that connection will continue because that is who I am. When I make a personal connection like this, I continue to follow up and to see how everybody is doing. And that gives us that warm embrace that the human body needs of that touch. Now, we're never probably ever going to meet, but that's, you never know. I could be on a book tour. You could be coming to the United States and we can finally meet. And that's a beautiful gift within itself. Just the hope of that one day, right? Yeah, 
It's, I think that's the beautiful thing of, like you say, you, you never know what's going to happen in the future, but also the value of, it's, it's not a requirement. We, we're able to sit and, and kind of enjoy each other's space and enjoy the conversation. As you said, uh, it might not come across, I think we've had a lovely conversation, but it might not come across, we've never spoken before, we've never met before. Mm-hmm. So to be able to just sit down and have this conversation, I think hopefully, again, it just really shows how possible this is for people to do um, and to interact and hopefully to, to go and listen to, to both of our podcasts in the future and the different conversations that they will they will spur as well. Um, but yeah, just to echo your words, I think it's it's been a delight to sit down and have this conversation and hopefully it, it reaches people and that they are encouraged uh, and enjoy it as well. So thank you so much for kind of involving me with, with your podcast as well. Um, and coming on and sharing so much of, of your story and your insights and your expertise around um, the, that journey that's happened for you. Um, I think, yeah, it's, it's been a lovely conversation. Thank you so much, Michael. And once again, I am truly honored to be on Open Journal with Michael Douglas. And I am looking forward to having you on the actual audio live with me on the Instagram where people can actually see this amazing person that I'm looking at right now sharing this journey of what the world really needs to hear. They're going to hear it on our podcasts, but when they visually see it, it becomes much more of a mirror of who we truly are. So I look forward to scheduling that on my calendar with you and getting you on my live with Marie on my Instagram at Marie Healthy and Fit and doing another podcast with you and sharing our views from around the world of what we need to do to move forward. Awesome. I think that's a lovely place to, to kind of round up our discussion today and look forward to, to the next time uh, and to everything else. So, yes, do do make sure um, wherever you're listening that you kind of have noted down those links or if you're able to kind of see in show notes or descriptions, click through to kind of the various different podcast links and social media and things like that as well. So, Michael. Massive thank you. Oh, so sorry. Don Marie for, for being part of the conversation. It's been, it's been amazing. Thank you so very much, Michael Douglas, and for being on Open Journal. So everybody, you can find Michael at Open uh, Open Journal Podcast. And are you available on Apple and Spotify, or what links can they find you? Yeah, um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, most of the main places, um, you'll be able to find the podcast if you just search Open Journal Uh, you should see it pop up there perfect all right everybody this was an amazing opportunity to um, be able to do this podcast today this is the first time I've done a dual podcast and Michael you have been phenomenal and everybody please go over and follow Michael on open journal on Apple and Spotify or just punch in open journal podcast and wherever you may be able to follow him please follow his journey and his quest on bringing awareness